Welcome back again to the second part of Coming to Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined in the studio here by Shane. Of course, that was a beautiful piece of music again by the Celtic tenors, We Three Kings, to lead us back into part two, because actually we are going to be chatting about the, the epiphany. But before that, we'll listen to a little piece of um, a podcast that, that I picked up from, actually it's from Worcester, Worcester Cathedral. And uh, this is a Stuart Murray 
who's the chaplain to the bishop there, and Stuart is telling us, he's giving us a little bit of a, a reflection on um, Epiphany. So let's see this. My name is Stuart Curry, and I am chaplain to the Bishop of Worcester. Well, that was soon over, wasn't it? I think I saw the first Christmas goodies on sale in the supermarket at the end of August. Four months of build-up, and it's over in a flash. I'll bet Easter eggs are already on sale. But of course, in church, Christmas is far from over. In the church year, the celebration of the Nativity of Jesus marks the start of 40 days of festivity, the season of Christmas and Epiphany, the birth of Jesus, followed by his presence and person being made public, to shepherds and angels, to wise travellers from the east, by John the Baptist, by the miracle at the wedding in Cana, as Jesus turned water into wine, so the party could go on. Let's not rush ahead. Let's savour the delight and the wonder of God with us. Think back, for instance, to the presents you've been given, or have watched others receive, especially children. Part of the fun is to try and guess the contents concealed by the fancy festive wrapping that hides the present. What's inside? Will this be what I asked for? Will I have to conjure up a sincere-ish smile to cover my disappointment? Or will the discarded paper reveal something to surprise and delight in equal measure? Just like the gift-wrapped goodies, Christmas itself comes covered over, not by paper, but by years of tradition and local custom. And sometimes you have to peel away the layers to find what's inside. Take the three gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh, for example. The Epiphany hymn says of them, Sacred gifts of mystic meaning, Incense doth their God disclose, Gold the King of Kings proclaimeth, Myrrh his sepulchre foreshows. That's one interpretation. Gold shows that Jesus is a king, incense that he is God, worthy of worship, and myrrh, an embalming ointment, foreshadows his death. I don't reject those ideas, it's just that they've become such a fixed, standard reading that they might stop people looking any further. Like wrapping paper, they might cover up other meanings. Back in the Middle Ages, St Bernard of Clairvaux suggested that the gifts were far more practical. Jesus was born in a stable, home to animals which were not house-trained. What could be more useful to counteract the acrid stench of urine, muck and methane than the fragrance of sweet frankincense? His manger bed was made of straw, sharp, prickly and crawling with bugs. Myrrh would have been the perfect balm to soothe his delicate skin, fresh from the womb. And Jesus was born in poverty. Mary and Joseph would have had far more use for gold than some king who already had more than he would ever be able to spend. Straight after the visit of the Magi, the Holy Family had to flee to Egypt to escape from the ruthless tyrant King Herod. Refugees, then as now, find border guards more amenable if they're offered a cash incentive and traffickers don't come cheap. Take the wrapping off Christmas, and you find a Jesus who is born in poverty, dirt and discomfort, a Jesus who is rescued from human violence by refugee parents. And if you discard the wrapping so you can see this Jesus, then you can begin to see him also 
in each of the five million refugees from Syria today, or the Rohingyas fleeing from Myanmar. You can see him in the face of people who are poor, marginalised and excluded, in the face of those who suffer. What's more, you can still give Jesus practical gifts by supporting the agencies that relieve human need and work to eradicate poverty and establish justice. And of course you can pray, because prayer makes a difference. Even in the midst of human suffering, God with us is present permanently. This is where the good news starts, and it's never over. In our prayers and by our lives, we who follow Jesus worship God, yes, at Christmas, and all year round as well. So that was Stuart Corey, who's the chaplain to the Bishop of uh, Worcester, throwing out a few little reflections and ideas there, Shane. And one of the thoughts actually that come to my mind this morning was there's an awful lot of us um, in a Catholic tradition who really don't understand what Epiphany is all about. So can you throw a few little ideas in there? Well, okay. Um, I, I suppose Epiphany... I suppose one of the things, one of the problems with the celebration of Epiphanies in Ireland, um, I suppose, because for a long time it's, it, you know, Christmas holidays were up until the sixth of January generally, and the schools were generally closed until the sixth of January. And the sixth of January is also is a holiday of obligation, and of course in the Irish tradition it's not like the man. Uh, now, not like the man, of course, is women's Christmas or little Christmas. Now, John, you and I, as two mere males, we're not going to. Um, not pontificate on what the meaning of Nolik Naman is, so we're going to pass quickly over that one. Um, but I suppose in terms of, um, I suppose, for for those that are maybe not so much from a rural background or from an Irish background, Epiphany sometimes can slide by because the focus is so much on the 25th. <clears throat> but the 6th of January, I suppose, it focuses around different things in different communities of faith. So for us in the in the Latin community, the, the you know the Roman Catholic community, mm. um, it focuses around the the manifestation of Jesus, the presentation of Jesus to the Magi, the the, the wise men from the from the East. Um, it is Christmas Day <clears throat> for those that follow the Julian calendar, which is generally the Orthodox Church. So they don't celebrate on the twenty fifth of December like we do. So today is their Christmas Day. And it is um, it is marked actually by the reading of the baptism of the Lord, which we celebrate on Sunday week. And then another fe- another gospel reading that's associated very much with this time, of course, is the wedding feast at Cana, which is the first manifestation, the first uh, miracle <clears throat> from the gospel of St. John. And the whole I think about it is, is this, is that it is very much exploring and showing out who Jesus was to the wider world and the mm, wider that's community. Because if you look at Christmas, the first people to whom the news, good news was proclaimed was the shepherds. So it was very much God communicating with his, whole, his chosen people, the Israelites, and they're the manifestation of the Messiah to them. <clears throat> Whereas the idea behind these seekers of truth and, and wisdom um, <clears throat> who have come from the East uh, is that they are very much um, seekers of, of, of wisdom seeking the path to God and that you know the whole idea is that their journeying towards the Christ child is the movement of the Gentiles towards Christ 
and even the whole idea of the star, um, which may or may not have happened, um, but it's a it's a theological mm. Um, mm. understanding that it is that you know Christ is the light, and we all turn towards the light. <clears throat> so. The idea is the three magi represent all those who truly search and seek for God in our world, even if they're from outside the community and outside our faith experiences. So I suppose the different types of questions that we'd ask ourselves is, you know, what star do we follow in our lives? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, are we open to see the divine in others, even if they're different from us? Um, so it's 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 interesting too when you look at different traditions around the world. So in many Orthodox communities today, you'd have pictures tonight on the television of these um, strange individuals jumping into water on the sixth of January, which looks very 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 cold. Uh, generally, because of course it's associated with the baptism of the Lord, so the water has been blessed, and a local priest will generally ch- ch- throw in um, a, a, a cross which has to be rescued. <clears throat> Uh, particularly they go to the extremes in Russia because what you'll do is you'll see them having gone out onto the middle of a frozen lake and they'll have mm. cut a big cross into the middle of the ice and what you do is you get in and one end of the cross and you swim to the other end or the other and you get out and try not to suffer from hypothermia. So um, that's that's one of the traditions in certain countries. Um, of course, in some countries today is also the 6th of January is the day when actually the presents arrive. It's not the 25th. That's right. Mm. Um, now, in, I suppose we should say that for the likes of, say, of Holland... The Christmas presents arrive on the 6th of December because that's the Feast of St. Nicholas. Mm, yeah, yeah, then yeah. for other countries, <clears throat> such as Ireland and England, they arrive on the 25th of December because that's when Santa Claus, otherwise known as St. Nicholas, comes visiting. <laughs> and then in countries very much around the Mediterranean basin, so we're talking the likes of um, Spain, maybe parts of Austria, parts of Italy, the gifts arise, arrive today because they're actually brought by the three wise men. So um, so that's Celebration Day. Now, another tradition very much associated with Epiphany, and it's one which is growing very much online. Now, it's, it's a tradition associated more, again, with the Mediterranean parts of Germany and Austria. Um, <clears throat> it's very much been taken up online and kind of is spreading into the, the Anglo, Anglo, Anglo-Saxon world, if you want to call it like that, mm-hmm. into the UK and the States and ourselves and Australia, where is this tradition of the, the blessed chalk... So on the Feast of the Epiphany, the parish priest would bless some chalk. And then when you go home, the head of the household would write over the door. So for 2020, it would be 2-0, cross C, cross M, cross B, cross 20. So it's basically 2020 at the beginning and the middle. Uh, sorry, at the beginning and the end. And in the middle, then, you have the abbreviations of the three wise men, okay. which is Casper, Mel- Melchiz- Mel- Melchor and Balthazar. Um, so idea the the idea being to seek you know the protection and the blessing of the house for the coming year, um, and of of course then as well as that there are also in um, say it's in the in the in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church today is a, is a huge festival, um, uh, particularly because of course it is it is it is their it is their their Christmas, <clears throat> so. Uh, the and it's it also marks the beginning of the preparation for the celebration of Timcat, which is the celebration of the baptism of the Lord, which starts on the nineteenth of January. And of course, the Ethiopians, just for people that are aware, want mm-hmm. to be aware of these things. Okay. The Ethiopians have their own way and have their own calendar, and they have their own New Year. So it's not twenty twenty in Ethiopia. I'm not quite sure what the year is. I must actually ask one of my <laughs> colleagues that works in the uh, okay, in, my, in okay, the Ethiopian okay. office. But they have their own way of counting years. So their their New Year starts up. Um, fairly fairly soon as well so then I suppose Epiphany <clears throat> just to bring it back I suppose as well it's it's also in Ireland it's the day traditionally where the Christmas decorations were taken down 
Now, um, in the piece we just heard uh, from that gentleman from... Stuart, yeah, from, from Worcester. Worcester Cathedral. Mm-hmm. He mentioned about 40 days. And that's that was, before the Second Vatican Council, the Christmas season ran from uh, sunset on Christmas Eve all the way up until... Candlemas, mm-hmm. which is the second of February. Okay, so people, older people, will probably remember that the cribs were left up in the churches pretty much for the whole month of January, and it was forty days. Mm. So it was, you know, it was, it was this whole thing with forty days. We forty days of Lent, we fifty days of Easter, um, you know, forty, 40 days, forty yeah. days. Mm. So um, and the idea being, <clears throat> it was bookended end to end. So the Christ Child was born on Christmas Eve, and then the purification of the presentation was on the second. Uh, which marked uh, the closure of 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 the of, of of the season of the nativity, but of course, uh, since the Second Vatican Council, Christmas now finishes on the feast of the baptism of the Lord, which is the Sunday after Epiphany. So, okay. in an Irish context, that means Sunday week. So today is the fifth, five and seven. So the twelfth of January is the last day of Easter. Okay. Um, now, obviously, for our American cousins that might be listening on the podcasts. And I think even I think some of our English cousins that might be living on listening on the podcasts mm-hmm. today, the fifth of January, is their epiphany. Just to confuse things even further, Lovely. because in certain churches around the world, epiphany has been moved to the nearest Sunday. Okay. Yes, okay, they don't. Okay, they they, yeah, they yeah. no longer keep it on the sixth like we do in Ireland. And of course, the other thing about the sixth, of course, it's twelfth night. The twelfth night, twelve days of Christmas, twelfth night is the is the sixth is the fifth the night of the fifth going into the sixth as well, so it's all that kind of thing wrapped up around it, and it's the whole thing of time and season and cosmos, and the recognition and the prolongation of the celebration for the birth of Christ, and of course the fact it's a great old excuse for a winter holiday. Very good, Shane. Thanks a lot for finishing off on that note. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, we we are going to discuss more about the Epiphany because we're actually going to read uh, the Gospel of the Epiphany in part three, but in the meantime, we're time for to go for our fourth bit of music, and this time. We didn't play this one actually last week. It's by James Cavan entitled Sweet Mary Sing. So let's hear this. The star in the sky was shining so bright, lighting the path of the faithful that night. As they gathered to celebrate the humble affair A wondrous melody filled the night air They heard sweet Mary sing A soft lullaby to the And the words that she sang Helped him sleep peacefully The night they heard sweet Mary sing As she sang of her joy Her hopes and her love Her voice echoed back From the heavens above Her song filled the hearts of all creatures there They were feeling God's love in this mother's prayer They heard sweet Mary sing A 
soft lullaby to the new baby king and the words that she sang helped him sleep peacefully the night they heard sweet mary sing they heard sweet mary sing a soft lullaby to the new baby king and the words that she sang helped him sleep peacefully 